One, but I never use it. It's kind of more just like a little prop and background <laughs> thing than actually functionality. It's such a difference between the sound of this mm. versus the sound of like that or like a. What's what do you notice is the difference? Because it like that shakes a lot and yeah. picks up a lot of ambient yeah. noise. I mean, even that, like, you can kind of hear it in this mic because it's, it's touching it, but yeah. But if it was on there, I wouldn't hear that, mm. I think. <laughs> Sound is cool. Anyway, when I was in college, I was a music major, and so I spent a lot of time in studios. Uh, and those soundproofed rooms, man, are eerie and awesome because it's so rare to be in absolute... Just total silence. You you also can get it like deep in the wilderness, mm -hmm. right? Have you ever been out in the middle of the woods or somewhere in nature and it's just totally silent? It feels, it feels expansive. It's it's not necessarily like like silent. Like I'll still hear birds chirping or I'll hear mm. like the the wind going through the trees and then the trees like in the branches like kind of moving. But it's like this. It's not silent, but it's just it's expansive. Like you feel so small. You're like, oh man, like. The tiny noise that I'm making is nothing. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. The the sound of a... I remember driving up to... We were in Colorado, like, driving up to the base of a 14er in the middle of the night. And you get out of the car at the, in the parking lot, and you can... I don't know how to describe it. You hear the mountain in a way. Wow. It's, like, windy. And you can hear the wind coming from this massive, uh, like you could call it a structure it's a mountain this big thing that's so much bigger than you and it's so powerful and you feel so tiny yeah so yeah. small and then you go into the city and you're reminded of all the noise Fuck, it's so, much, so much noise <laughs> yeah man it's just like why like here where we're at now i mean there's a lot of developments going on but yeah you know we're we're still I can go on a nice walk in the neighborhood and it's pretty quiet, you know, where like where mm -hmm. I was before I was right next to a road. Where like were a, you before this? Uh, I was in East Austin. Yeah. It was right off of 7th Street, which is one of the major streets mm -hmm. where, you know, there's like an HEB, lots of stuff that's going on. But if you if you look at, uh, yeah, if you kind of look at a map, 7th Street and then First Street, which is like East Cesar Chavez are kind of the two main mm -hmm. And Martin Luther King. There's probably the big three okay. that kind of go through East Austin. Mm. But I lived right off of Seven, so, you know, I woke up and I could hear the cars. And then there was a train, too, train tracks. So you were in, uh, in a, an apartment? Yeah. There? yeah. Yeah. In one of those bu buildings, like a like an apartment building? Yeah. There's yeah. so many. Uh, driving over here, man, I saw so many new constructions, like new big buildings going up. There's a lot. Oh my God. There must be, I mean, that, that looks like another apartment. I don't know what that is. It looks like apartments over there. Yeah. They're huge. It's everywhere. Everyone's moving to Austin. Yeah. It's crazy though. Like these houses, they're still like, we don't own this house, but it's mm -hmm. still priced extremely affordably. Like for Austin, like this house right now you're in is like, I think 400 to 400, like 450. Yeah, Which is like, if this was anywhere near Austin, like mm -hmm. downtown, it, or not downtown, but just in that vicinity, yeah. it'd be two to, I mean, it could almost be twice as much, like almost, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's wild because a couple of years ago, it was half that. Oh, yeah. It was way low. We were actually, uh, you know, my wife and I, we are ready to move out of New York City 
for sure. Oh, I can't imagine what New York City costs. It's like right, one of my friends, um, Kevin oh. Torres, lives there, and yeah, he's got a he's little studio. Right? Yeah, like not a studio. I think maybe it's a one or two bedroom and family of yeah. five. You know, and his place is like he's got a family of five in a studio apartment. Four or five, <laughs> four or five, but it's not a studio apartment. It's definitely okay. a. I think it's a two bedroom, but yeah. it's like it's tight. You know, and like. You see it on his calls, like he'll, like he'll, like move around. You see everything in the background. I'm like, man, yeah. it's a different style of living. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I really love where I'm at here, and I could even go way more seclusive and like, yeah. you know, like quiet. Have you been out west of here at all in like Johnson City area or close to there? Um, like past been, Lake Travis, west. We, I have, like, I was there for a retreat two weeks ago, like Chris um, mm-hmm. Marhefka, like, out near, like, Lake Buh- Buchanan, but okay. that's kind of, like, northwest. Yeah. Yeah. In the hills. In the, yeah. It's, oh, man, we were out there on Sunday. It's beautiful. <sighs> yeah. Talk about expansive, because it's so big. It's miles and miles of land mm-hmm. and rolling hills. and Yeah, I think if we were to move, it would be somewhere like that that's yeah. what we're looking for but close to a city close close ish close, close enough yeah can you hear my mic yeah oh, that's so much better now I'm yeah like i can't hear myself cool <laughs> i hear you i hear you you just fine cool you sound good thank you i'm trying <laughs> <laughs> all right we uh we started recording nice welcome to the show matt shiver again this is, this is number three, and this one live. This is like, yeah, it's finally, finally doing it live, and it, yeah, it is the third, the third podcast we've done together, and even just in the last few, we recorded like two months ago, yeah, and which, by the way, I always get good feedback from those episodes. Oh, good, yeah, Thanks, people yeah. enjoy it. I think because you can hear the passion in your voice about what you do, and you bring you bring passion and energy to something that is otherwise pretty mundane, like marketing and business. These are things that, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, how could you say this? I have so much fun. I could talk about this stuff all day and I do, but I, dude, I remember in, in college, like there were people who were like business majors and marketing majors who were not interesting people. I don't no, know. no, no. I think most, <laughs> most like, what do I do? I don't, if you don't know what you want to do, you go, you go into like, business or finance and they're kind of like socially awkward but they also like to party it's like they're 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 not socially awkward once they've had like five beers you know five beers (laughs) yeah and oh man i appreciate all the conversations we've gotten to have and inviting me into your beautiful home which i can only like i was only able to imagine because I see your content all the time, which has been super consistent lately. Thanks, man. And it's funny because I have like a whole setup in my uh, in my room where I record and where I take calls, and I try to make it look a certain way in the background. And I, I get curious, like what goes into people's setup in their yeah. in their videos and why they choose the books and all that. So, like, tell me a little bit about what you've right. got going on here I'm on the be shelf. Totally honest, like <laughs> Claire. She says she's that's my girlfriend, and she's yeah on the top of the shelf. But she said all of this. Oh my gosh. I was like, babe, I need help. You know, like, (laughs) (laughs) because at first when I moved in here, I reached out to Mike and he knew he he had someone help him set up his like podcast studio. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to have someone come in here and like make this room look cool. And, uh, Claire's like, I'll just do it. I'm like, Hmm. okay, yeah, let's do that. 
So as you see, like you're in here, like <laughs> this this image over here is is a is an empty frame, but you know what? Like it actually works really well. Oh, that's a, that's the stock know. photo. <laughs> yes, <laughs> with the dimensions of yeah. the frame. But the thing is, the dimensions are cut off when you're when I'm on Zoom, so you yeah. can't tell. It just looks like a bridge. That's hilarious, actually. <laughs> and I've just been, I like I've been so focused since moving here on because I moved here right as I was launching my core like current offer. Right. Like most of my attention was on that, and it was like, I'll get to it when I get to it. And like, the thing is, I am gonna put I actually got it saved to my desktop, but I'm gonna put a black and white bridge there. So I was like, you know, this <coughs> actually is a black and white bridge already, <laughs> so I'll just leave it there for a little bit. Um, but How yeah, she she's helped with kind of the idea of mm -hmm. the layout and stuff. How many of those books have you have you read in completion? Uh, there, I was counting how many books are there. Like one, two, three, four. Thirteen. Six, sixteen. Well, the sixteen, if you count the you know <laughs> the ones on the bottom over mm -hmm. there. I have read one, two, three, four, nine, oh. ten, eleven, twelve, fourteen. The, the two I haven't read like fully is the Aristotle's Way. My brother got it for me, and mm. I had a hard time reading it because all I wanted to read was marketing material. <laughs> Because mm. I just like I get I, I enjoy it so much. So that book I have not I picked up and probably read the first chapter of it, mm -hmm. and then Deep Nutrition. Uh, Claire Claire got that one for me, and same thing. Like I'm just very drawn to like business stuff right now, and it's just like I, yeah. I just can't get my hands like off of it. So I typically follow my intuition and like feelings when I do that. So the only books out there that I have not read, oh, actually, in Tools of Titan, that thing is massive. I have not read all of Tools of Titan. Tools of Titan so is more like a reference guide, as yeah. a, a different. It's not because it's. I haven't read it. I think I've read excerpts. I have read excerpts, not I think, but I've read some excerpts, and that's all you need. Yeah, excerpts yeah. once in a while, like yeah. uh, similar to reading. I'm reading. I have a copy of um, Meditations with me, actually. Oh, cool. Um, and I just open to a page, uh, a day and just read a random excerpt from the book for no particular reason. Just it, it gives me, uh, it actually sparks some creativity nice. when I'm doing some writing or, um, I want to get into the habit of reading consistently. So being able to just open to any page and read a paragraph or two is cool. Yeah. It's funny, though, because I, I talk to people, um, you know, I, I interview people and I did this the other day. I was talking to someone and he had a whole library behind him in his in his office. <laughs> and it turns out he's read maybe half of them. Oh, so it's more just for the aesthetics, which I, I get too, you know, like, well, for sure. And, and I don't know, like I I love going to Barnes and Noble sometimes and I see something that I might like. So I pick it up and then. I'm like, I'll get to this. But then like you, I my, I just gravitate right to like a certain, like it's certain either topic. business, marketing, or philosophy. Those are my yeah. like three big topics. And sometimes, um, actually lately, I've been digging into some theology and like science. Um, so my it, it varies, but I'll, I'll pick things up that I think are interesting. And sometimes I'll read like the first few pages of a book and I'm like this is boring yeah this sucks <laughs> dude it's, it's similar like because I'll do I'll do audiobooks too and uh -huh. if the dude's boring like if his voice is oh, boring voice I'm is boring. done right I'm done and the same thing yeah. goes with some of the way people just like 
talk or write, you know what I mean? Like I, I can't follow the way it's not conversational. It's, it's kind of, it's <clears> just, <throat> it's too much. So I'll just, I'll just stop. Russell Brunson stuff. Man, it's great, man. Such I a good storyteller. I can't put the book down. The pro- have you listened to the audio? No, I can't. Oh He's my god, he talks so. <laughs> fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly I have to listen. Most books I speed up, but his I actually slow down. And and honestly, it's not worth it because I'd rather have the book in front of me because he has all his drawings in it and everything. And I've listened to Traffic Secrets. I've listened to Expert Secrets, and and then I bought the books and started over. Yeah, because I actually want to implement some things. Yeah, which of which of these has been the most like influential for you? <sighs> and they each have their own spot. <laughs> the the four hour I work bet. week because I think that we talked about the first the first podcast we did we? together was the four hour work week. I mean that cracked me open to entrepreneurship mm. and like what was truly possible and kind of helped me reframe because I was I was a sophomore in college at the time when I first read it and I was like oh shit I don't have to get a nine to five I can do all these things so like I didn't know that was even a possibility so when I first read that book that kind of cracked me open and introduced me to good yeah 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 and that introduced introduced me to uh, entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and so that was like a very big big one and then I'd say the other like two I I don't know man I, I can't there's a lot up there, so you guys can't see this. There's there's the four hour work week. There's deep work. There's the one, mm. the one thing. Both of those are kind of the similar with with productivity and just elimination. And and honestly, Tim Ferriss was the same. It was like, how can we get rid of the yeah. things that aren't necessary? So like that to me keeps coming up, and it's like one of my, one of my like very core tenants that I try to to do on a daily basis is can I eliminate all the things like what is what is really necessary to run a business? What is really necessary? to be healthy what is very necessary to do all these things can i just do those and and cut the other Mm -hmm. nonsense so all three of those Mm -hmm. have actually been really influential in my philosophy of just like how to run a business how to make the most out of like the time that we do have Mm -hmm. you know at what point you said you listen to audiobooks and obviously you you like to read are you are you constantly, or I don't want to say constantly, that's that's a stretch, but are you regularly consuming new content? And at what point is that mm. too much? You we know? talked about this the other day because we, we had a call and you were like, we did. I yeah. promised myself I would not I like, do I don't any more things. More and new, I, legit, I don't need new things. Dude, yeah. it's crazy because I, I do the same thing. It's like I, I wrote down, I was like, I will not invest in this and this and this anymore. <laughs> and then like a month later, I'm like, yeah, but like, what about the, you know what I mean? Like I like, I, I so I, I'm always craving new information, mm. but it does become challenging of like, I got to implement this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I will limit, I try to like consume things that I need. Like I'm not going to go buy a book right now, like profit first, another one on finance, because that's not a problem for me. And if I read it, then I'm going to reorganize my entire bank account. Yeah. Again. <laughs> and like, what good is that going to do? Right. Yeah. Versus like, if you find a system like just, yeah, just do, st- you're good. You're good with that. And if it becomes a problem or if the system is starting to break, then I yeah. get a new one. Right. So there's certain things like I'm always looking to mm-hmm. improve. And like, so I'm always, so I'm always investing in something. It's like, all right, every, if everything is good, then what can I, so I guess, and the answer is yes, I always am like <laughs> learning and investing in things, but I do need to set some boundaries of being like, it's time to implement like, mm. cause so much of our, like even from business and I imagine yours is similar is like you can invest in like mastermind groups, coaching, mentorship yeah. and all that stuff. And it's fantastic. Like I totally believe in it. And at the same time, like a lot of times, what if you've spent like 
five or 10 grand in paid advertising mm-hmm. instead, or in, in some sort of marketing budget, instead of paying like that plus more to like a mentor or a coach. coach, you know, it's like, but it just depends on what your need is. Mm-hmm. If you need accountability and you need someone to tell you like, you know, just to check in with you. Cool. But like you and I both know most of the things we need to do, right? Like we know mm-hmm. what we need to do the things that we could, we can invest in. Like for me, it's like, all right, I might invest into another, um, Facebook ads, like mastermind group, because yeah. my cost per call is not within my KPI. Right. But I know what those are. So I'm like, Oh, if it's, if something becomes a problem, I'm going to invest in something to get the solution, hmm. but I'm not just going to invest in a copywriting course because I want to learn how to do better copy because it's not necessarily a problem that I'm experiencing. So I guess the answer is like whenever problems arise, mm-hmm. I'm going to invest and I'm going to invest a decent amount of money because I believe if I invest more, I'm going to take it more serious. Right. But there are times where I'm like, I'm not going to do that. But I'd, I'd say I probably invest like in a, some sort of like course or program or something once a quarter or so, which is, seems like a lot, but like I always mm. get back and invest my investment back when right. I do that. As long as it, it, it fills a, a gap. Right? Yeah. Is that yeah. what you're saying? So, yeah. it, so you find something that like you, maybe you're missing or you're falling short on and you're like, okay, how can I improve this? Even just 1% to fill that, you know, sure. That little space that's going to have a, a much bigger ROI in the long run. Yeah. But I, I don't try to do that with books though, right. because books is so much information. Right. But I can go yeah. and pay, like I've got a call today for someone who, might be able to help me with ads. Like I'm going to hear his offer. I'm here his pitch because mm-hmm. like that's a current area that I want to grow in. It's like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. So I'm, I'm open to hearing his offer. I'm not going in being like, I need your shit, but I'm also not going to go buy a book right. on how to run paid ads. Cause that's going to take me a long time to go through the entire book and mm-hmm. figure out how do I actually implement this? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'd, I'd rather pay for the implementation yeah. versus the information. Mm. Yeah. So much, there's so much information out there too and information in books and i tell this i say this a lot to uh clients prospective clients even like the the stuff that i teach and i imagine the stuff you teach it's it's googleable you can go oh, yeah. you can go look this up you could just you could use chat gpt too and get all of this done for you very quickly but the actual implementation is the hardest part and Typically, you don't need all of the information. You only need like 20% of it, right. the most useful pieces. And, and even so many books are just filled with fluff because you got to fill pages. Oh, my gosh. Like, so much fluff. Give me the, wow. give me the highlight. <laughs> give me the highlight reel of, of the book and then like a step-by-step guide on how to implement it into, into the real world. And now we're talking. Now that's useful. That's, high le- that's like much yeah. more high leverage use of my time. And that's why I, I even like... I think I, I don't know if I did this in the last podcast we were talking about too. It might have been, but we were talking about I was talking about YouTube. If it was yours or someone else's, maybe it was. Uh, I was talking about like one of my favorite ways to consume information now has actually been through YouTube, because the way YouTube is structured is that you typically have like a, it's a five to ten minute video, maybe fifteen on the max, right? But it's like it's so dense. Like someone has came in with the plan of, all right, this is my hook for this. This is what I'm going to teach them. Here's three to five things I'm going to teach them in this video. Here's the call to action at the end. And it's short versus like an entire book, which could take a long time. Mm. A podcast takes at least like 30 to, if not 60 minutes to condense or to listen. And half the time, like 
you know, people come to podcasts without having an agenda or itinerary to talk about. But a YouTube video is very like strategically planned mm-hmm. of like, this is what we're going to cover. And if you can know how to search like through YouTube, you can find a lot of information that like you, like I said, you don't need a coach mm-hmm. to learn, but it is the implementation part that's going to help you because I don't know, there's, there's so much value. Like even what I, what I've experienced is I've paid coaches like $20,000. And every time I show up to call, I'm like, they just keep telling me I'm doing good. And I'm like, damn. But also that's what I needed to hear. I was like, you're doing good. Keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Fix something. It's broken. You're like, no, dude, you're good. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, yeah. And then a year later, you're like, I didn't get any support. Oh, but my business like you know, tripled. Like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, but it's like, no, you, you got what you needed. And a lot of times it's just assurance validation. Yeah. yeah. Stop doing all the extra bullshit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which for the, the type of people you work with and I work with mostly solo entrepreneurs, they don't have that feedback loop. And so having someone in their corner who's just acknowledging like, yeah, you dude, you're on the right track mm-hmm. and you don't need any more information. Yeah. Too. I've, uh, I've fallen into the trap too of, of hiring coaches or joining masterminds and getting exactly what you just described and thinking it's not enough and going and doing something completely different. Cause I'm like, no, there's no way this is the right thing. There's, it's not yeah, possible. Dude, and yes. then I'm like, <laughs> and then I stay stuck because I think I need something new Else, every dude, time. Yeah. But I don't, I just needed, maybe I needed like one specific thing that was new or corrected similar to like, I mean, you've coached weightlifting CrossFit, right? Yeah, totally. It's like we, we do the teaching, you, you get some corrections and then it's cues like little, little tweaks here and there, right. To remind you of the, the problem that was already solved. Right. Cause like we solve the problem through teaching and coaching and then it's just cue to, to keep you in the sort of in your, in, in, your in, zone, the, yeah. in the lane, in the zone, right? Damn, that's really, it's really fascinating. Cause when it came up to me, it was too, like when I first, when I first learned weightlifting or strength and conditioning, I was in that same phase of, I would consume a book a week. You know what I mean? Like I'd find the, the next strength and conditioning program, like five, three, one, the cube method. Like, like I would just consume the, the conjugate method and to try to consume all the, like a new style every week. And, you know, mm. it took me, and the same thing happened for business, right? But it took me three to five years of doing that before I'm like, oh, they're all saying the same shit. You know, like, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. It's different programming. It's different blah, blah, blah. But it's still the same, right? And then the same thing happened when I got into business, like, after I graduated PT school. is like, oh, my gosh, this person's telling me Facebook ads. This person's telling me YouTube ads. This person's telling me organic. This person's telling me this. And I'm like, oh, they're, they're all really the same, mm. right? But it took me a lot of time and money of investing and learning before I mm-hmm. saw the similarities. Because from the outside, you see this person's wrong, this person's wrong, which is marketing. It's like, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. You're stupid if you're doing this. And they're just selling their product. And I'm like, oh, I, I get yeah. it, right? So it's like, there really isn't that many ways to grow a business. Like you could categorize them in like three to five like little buckets. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a bunch of uh, different methods you could use. But same thing with strength and conditioning. It's like, all right, well, am I lift? Am I doing like progressive overload? Mm-hmm. Right? Am I eating enough food to like uh, get stronger? Am I resting enough that I need to? Uh, and I'm, and is like, am I um, 
like increasing either volume or intensity. Like th- there's there's some like five or you know, key variables, yeah. and there's probably more. But like if we could dumb it down, it's like we could dumb <coughs> it down in like five key variables for strength training, and you could probably do the same for business. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, what would those be for business? Because I think like I like to um, teach fundamental principles of business. I call yeah. them. It's like these are the these are like it's just like business one hundred and one. These are the things that apply in, in whether you're just starting out, you know, at, you know, you're sort of growing or you're ready to really scale. There's certain principles that apply. And then there's the individualized, okay, what you need, what you specifically need to focus on based on your goals. What do you think those principles would be? Oh man, principles are fine. So interesting. Cause like when I, when I immediately said that and I was thinking about the strength and conditioning, it's like, Mm -hmm. Typically for the clients that you and I both work with, there's, there's really like three main departments and I like to categorize things like I'm a systems thinker, but there's like three main departments that every coach or coaching offer or even like business Mm -hmm. probably has. There's others, but like the main three are marketing, which would be the same as like lead generation, Mm -hmm. sales, and then fulfillment. Right. And each of those, you can have different strategies and tactics to generate leads. And then that's, that would be marketing. Uh, turning the leads into clients, the sales, mm-hmm. and then fulfillment, which would be delivering your service. And you could also add like, you know, legal, finance, all this. But, but like, if we look at like the big things, especially yeah. when people are focused on of like business, those are the big three that are big needle movers. Like people are hiring coaches because they want to get more leads, mm-hmm. do end up more marketing. They want to, you know, if they have a lot of leads, but they're having a hard time closing, it's like, help me with my offer. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's sales. And then fulfillment. I need help because I have too many clients or, or they're not getting results. Like, but those are the three like big categories. And when we look at a business, we can assess what's the health of each of these. Mm. And then what's the strategies that we can utilize that would help people get the results of either more leads, more sales, or a better, more efficient fulfillment process, you know? Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. The, the, I, I like to add a fourth one, which is, I think you, you alluded to it. It's, I call it admin. Yeah. Admin. Yeah. And that's finance, legal paperwork, boring stuff that needs to happen or, um, anything on the back end. Mm-hmm. That just, I funnel that into one bucket. And yeah. then the other three, um, you know, what's funny is I started with fulfillment. As like, okay, let me focus on fulfillment. Let me focus on my, uh, my, uh, my coaching, how I'm going to do it. But you don't have clients yet. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> do you mm-hmm. see that happen? Often? Totally, man. I mean, yeah. I did, I did it too. I think it's really natural because of like, and there's also a level of like, mm-hmm. if you don't feel confident in your offer or like your ability to get the result, it's hard to market and sell. It right. really is. Like I've worked with plenty of clients who are brand new and mm-hmm. for some of them, they need to like even work with someone for free for a little bit just so that they can yeah. feel confident that, Oh, I can help people. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily recommend doing it for free, but if that helps them feel confident that they've helped five people, mm-hmm. you know, get results, they're like, Oh yeah, I can now package this. It's also great to do that and get a testimonial. Yeah. And, and you can create some sort of transaction, even if it's not money, like a commitment, uh, of some sort, like, Hey, do this. As long as you show up, as long as you do X, Y, and Z, I'll do this for you for free and I'll help you. And as long as you like, give me a testimonial at the end, 
and I'm going to, in exchange, do my best and actually deliver the best possible service so that you really do get results. That's a fantastic way to get started. If you have the ability to do that, if you're not like relying on the income. Yeah. But even then it's like, if Mm -hmm. you're relying on the income, should that be the first thing that you're doing? It's like, I don't know, man, like I, to create, like when I first created my first coaching business, I was doing like, I was doing, growing the online business, doing the 1099 as a PT, just to make cash. And I was Mm -hmm. living at home and my, with my mom and dude, I was like creating out of like scarcity, you know what I mean? And like your clients will feel that too. Mm. So yeah, but, but, but if you, if you do have the space, which is great is, can I work with people? Can I work with five people? And this is a cool, kind of what we're sharing. Right. And you want to supercharge that. It's like, you could ask for, Hey, can I get like a review of this process every week? And that's essentially a testimonial every week, right? So, because if you're getting mm. these screenshots, so that if, if you're asking, hey, I'll, I'll coach you for, you know, um, let's say six to eight weeks for free, you know, but every single week, I'd love just an honest review and feedback of what your what happened that week and maybe, and even like a win from the week. Mm. Dude, if you do that with five people and they do it for six weeks, there's 30 screenshots of testimonials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of marketing content there. And at the end, just be yeah. like, can I do a video testimonial too? Awesome. Well, there's like 35 yeah. pieces you of just oversimplified <laughs> this for so many people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 did, I, I can't take credit. I was talking to someone two yeah. weeks ago about that, and that's how she launched like a lot of her beta offers. She'd do mm. it at half price every single week, ask for a win and review to make the process better, and then after that, she got. I had all my art marketing materials. So I could just make put it onto a nice like you know testimonial or review page. Mm-hmm. Start talking about it and posting like my social proof and. Boom, done. Mm-hmm. You know? I was talking to someone recently who has a, she has a, a coaching business and she coaches people on, she call, what does she call it? Uh, her, her program is called the Abundance Amplifier, I believe, or something like that. But she, she, she coaches finance. She was a finance major in college and has a degree in, in uh, accounting and then got into coaching and spirituality and all that. And she's a yoga instructor and we were talking and she's doing relatively well, um, with one-on-one clients. And she also has a full-time job as a waitress. And I asked her, well, you know, what's, per- what's keeping you from going all in on the business? Cause it sounds like you really love mm. it. The, and it sounds like the waitressing is actually draining for you cause you're on your feet all night and like you're spending your, your mornings like doing this and then you're going to work. And she said it's to remove the neediness and the scarcity so that she's not relying entirely on the business. And that way she can show up with that, um, like some authenticity. Yeah. You know, and I love you just said something about how when you were getting started, I was creating from scarcity for you were sure. Creating from scarcity, yeah. And even like the physical therapy clients that I was working with, like you know, and not on purpose, but every time I walk in, I'd be like new eval. All right, what's the contract value? I'll get thousand mm. dollars. How much do I get paid? You know, as opposed to like, all right, this person's in pain. I'm gonna try to help them. You know, right. and that was like a really I had to get out of that that setting, and I ultimately did. But that was more due to my like mindset around yeah. it, and um because I was in this place of like, I just graduated. Uh, I don't have a W two. like, you know, I have to like feast or famine. I, you know, I eat what I kill. So it's like, mm-hmm. it changed my relationship with the clients that I was working with at the time until, until I, I grew the online business to a point that was like 
supporting me in a more like passive and it's mm. not passive, but you know, I, I didn't have to be trading dollars for hours anymore. Right. Then I was like, cool, I can take people on one-on-one -on -one just cause I want to, you know? And mm -hmm. I started like helping people out like even for free sometimes cause I didn't really care about that. It was like, I, if, if they're in pain, I just like, Hey, I'll, I'll come on by. I'll, I'll check you out. I'll see you because yeah. I want it to first. Like I need to. Mm -hmm. So you were, you graduated college and I imagine you had some debt. Yeah. And that's what led you to the, to having that need going into work, which is, which, and I was talking to Corey about this yesterday, um, because he was in, he did a similar thing, right? He graduated college and went into the system, like the medical system and you're in a ton of debt and now you're owned by the system. Mm -hmm. Meaning like basically you go and get a job working for insurance companies. Like you're working in a practice or in your field, but you're really being paid out by the insurance company. So you're working under their guidelines and their rules. Yeah. And that creates a lot of uh, tension and a lot of need. It sounds like you quickly got out of that, though. You, you didn't spend very much time working in PT, right? Yeah, I never worked as in the part of the system, too. Right. Um, I was always in the cash pay model. Oh, you were? Yeah, but that was also where it was like, you know, feast or famine, mm -hmm. eat what I kill, because like I was like, oh. I could sell them at 10 visits. Oh, yeah. And then we, we'd celebrate that. And I think that's that's common, right? Like, And I think there's... I've seen both sides of it, right? Because like, whenever I get a new client, I get excited because I get to help them, right? And it's sure. also cool. We just paid some money. But sometimes it can be... Uh, you can get too excited about the sale mm -hmm. and forget what the sale means. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah, that can really hurt your relationship with what you do. Because you see yourself as like, oh, I'm just making money. Versus like... Oh, I'm helping this person get out of pain or I'm helping this person grow their business. And, you know, the win is they're going to, they're going to get more value than what I got. Mm -hmm. You know, like if, if, if someone paid you 10 grand for coaching, it's like, well, I want to help them get to 20 or 30 grand so right. that it's like a no brainer. Right. And the same thing for PT or rehab. It's like, can I get this person out of pain and, and stronger than they were before and be able to run faster and, and further? than they thought they could even possibly do so I can exceed the value. But sometimes like when you're starting, you just forget about the value that you give and you only right. think about the value you receive. Hmm. So you're, you're really creating more value now on the results that you can provide. Like that's worth celebrating at this point for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly that's, and that's been something with my current offer that's been like, man, I, I really want to stay in integrity with the marketing. Cause I've been part of other, companies in the past that have, you know, their marketing and their fulfillment, um, they're just, you know, they're, they're not aligned. Like they could be marketing, Hey, we're going to get you here and here. And then the delivery or the results and fulfillment don't align with that. And I've, I've, I've seen that in fitness. I've, I've definitely seen it in business coaching. That's all over the place in business coaching, yeah. but I've seen it in fitness. I've seen all these things. And, you know, for me, that's what like, I'm, I think that's what also like separates like a good coach too from like a good marketer like mm. in the info product coaching space it's really about how good of a marketer you are it really is because testimonials like we even just shared how you to get 30 35 testimonials like they're not that hard to get and like you can be um i think they're important in, in, in sales but they can also be used to manipulate how easy that you think it is to get results right like with anything, whether it's business coaching or fitness coaching, getting results is hard. It requires a lot of change, right? If I'm if I want to lose thirty pounds and I haven't worked out a day in my life, 
I'm not just going to give somebody, you know, a thousand bucks and all of a sudden I'm going to lose that weight. It's like, no, now you have to change all of your behaviors that you do every single day Mm -hmm. so that you can get that result. Oh, you want to grow a business? Oh, you just signed up for this program. Good job. Now you have to do two to three hours a day of extra work to grow this business. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be easy. You know what I mean? Like, cool. Other people, like I'll show you case studies, testimonials of like, oh, you know, people are doing it. Yeah, but they're the people who are committed to this and like have almost that like give a shit factor and are like, I'm going to make this work. I'm not going to put two or three. I'm going to put five hours a day into this. I'm just making an exaggeration. But, you know, the people who do succeed, whether it's in health, fitness or business, are the people that give a shit and like aren't going to do just the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. I, I find that the level of commitment has to be there, too. Like the and in my experience, the more you invest the more committed you are. And when, when people don't invest enough, whether it's money or time or effort, they're not going to get the same results. Yeah. Right. What do you find? So, so you said the people who actually follow through and commit and do the work, like they're going to get the best results. The people who go all in on it, and take it seriously. But what do you find are like the qualities of the people who get the best results from the work that you do? Fast action. Fast action. Fast action. So like, even for my mastermind, like I've got, I've got like, um, I've got a total of like eight modules, but four of them are critical. I'm like, hey, these first four, it's all organic. This is going to be building the foundations, mm. you know, creating social media content, learning how to book calls, learning how to sign those clients. This is really important. Yeah. And I was like, the, the people who do the best will finish that in like one to two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's four modules and they're about two and a half hours long. My recommended is to finish yeah, two and a half, two and half hours, hours each. each wow. Right. So it's like, it's like yeah. to watch the content and then, and then there's resources. So maybe add, so you could say each of them probably like with implementation and coaching around them is probably five hours a week of, mm. of content. So it's like 20 hours to go through. Right. But if they go through it and like I've had some people who will go through it in a week. They'll go through all yeah. four modules and they'll get their first client within like two or three weeks mm-hmm. if they have a brand new business. But it's because they're like so determined that they're just going to put their head down and go through it. The other side of it is though I have had some people who will buy it and they'll go 16, 17 weeks and they haven't finished the second module. Oh man. And I'm like, dude, I can't help you. I can't, we're not speaking the same language until you go through this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to speak something, to tell you something and you're gonna be like, what dude, you got to like, you have to learn. And that's where like mm-hmm. even formal education or, um, if you go to school to become a physical therapist, you have to learn all the language before you can go into a clinic and be like, let mm-hmm. me manipulate your arm. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the same thing goes for, for coaching. Like for us to best coach and work together, we need to speak the same language. And if you can go through that content and are determined to learn that language so that we can be at the same level of conversation and communication, we're going to get things done a lot faster versus like, I'm going to take my time. You know, this is a six month mentorship. So I might like learn it all at like month four. I'm like, okay, that gives you two months of really us working together. Like first, like go through this in one to two weeks. Now we have five and a half months to work together. How much more are we going to get done Mm -hmm. when I'm actually giving you like deliverables and action items to do based off of us being on the same wavelength or does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So what do you think is the reason why people would take it so slowly? Like why would someone commit, you know, five, $10,000 or whatever it is for, for six months of work and then take their time? I don't know. What's the point? (laughs) To me, it doesn't, I don't get it, but I want, I'm like, I'm going to do it now. 
Like yeah. let's let's spend a day, implement everything, and then just like boom. boom, 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 keep me accountable. Totally. I mean, even <clears throat> I, I, I'll get to that, but like even for me, I'm like I've bought I've bought masterminds that are 10k, and I'll go through all of it in a week, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, and sometimes I'll feel, oh man, I have six months left. What am I gonna get out of this? I'm like, dude, I just got ten thousand dollars of value in a day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think that's it's the reframe of like, I just spent ten grand and, and learned all of it in a day. Awesome. Like the speed, <laughs> the speed of what I just it, yeah. obtained all of that. Hopefully I obtained But it, just you know. because you um, absorb uh, the information doesn't mean you know the information correct. or even can utilize it effectively. Like, I mean, we can, we can read a book. Yeah. In, I can listen to an audio book in a day if I really wanted to. That doesn't mean shit. Doesn't mean shit. No. Meanwhile, if I listen to it, like if you take, uh, for example, like expert secrets. Yeah. And you take your time going through it and you implement as you go, you can make a lot of money. Yeah, it's true. To come back to your question, like why mm-hmm. do people invest and not do things? Man, I, I wish I knew the answer to that. <laughs> There'd be so many things that'd be solved. I think there's also, I mean, there's yeah. definitely a fear of failure. Like I get that all the time of like someone signs up and like, I'm really scared of like doing this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they're like, what if like I've had one person like um, on the end of a call, I'm like, what's preventing you from like doing this? Like starting now, he's like fear of what Mm. fear of failure. Like what if I put myself out there on social media and start talking as like, Hey, I'm this expert who can help you achieve blank and blank. And three months later, I'm talking about something else. Like people aren't going to remember. You're the only one who knows. Yeah, they're not. You're the only (laughs) one who knows. And if anything, you're just like, hey, exciting announcement. I got a new offer. Mm -hmm. Like, people support you. Like, oh, good for you. You know, they're not going to be like, didn't you just fail with your last offer? Like, they they don't know your numbers. They don't know anything. Most people are so absorbed in their own headspace in their own life that they're just not paying attention. And, and like, I've put out so many shitty podcasts, Matt, that were (laughs) so bad. And I still hit publish and okay maybe people listen to the first nine minutes and they don't like it and they'll just shut it off that doesn't mean they don't like me anymore no it's like they just weren't it wasn't that good they weren't interested or maybe that's just my perception and actually people love it i've released some episodes i've released some content too and i'm like this is this sucks this is the worst post i've ever made i've done that all the time (laughs) i'm like shit meanwhile people are like Dude, that was so helpful. Thank you so much. I'm like really using it bro? right now. <laughs> yeah, like really, I like legit was like, I, I guess I I've already paid my editor to make this, so I guess I'm gonna post this yeah. first. Like, I don't want to post this. Yeah. Oh man, where was my my mind? No, well, we were we were talking about just like why people wouldn't ask. So I think like we mentioned fear. No. I had someone ask me on a, you know, I had I have my coaching calls with my small group on Mondays, and yeah, one of the guys. He, he's a little afraid. He's just getting started. And same same exact thing. It's fear of, well, what if the audience that I want to reach doesn't want this? Or what if they're like, no, this is stupid. We don't need that. And I'm like, well, okay, what if? Walk me through. What happens then? Oh, smart. You know, I find what... what, what what gets in the way when people are quote unquote afraid. And this is something I actually teach in my, um, my retreats, my immersions. We we're afraid of the things we're, we have very little experience with or we're not good at. 
otherwise, like there's no reason to be afraid of something if you are confident in the result, in the outcome. And so in that case, you might as well plan for a specific outcome. Like, well, plan for what happens when someone says, fuck you and plan for what happens when someone says, okay, that sounds awesome. Have a step two. Mm-hmm. If you have like a step two and for the most part, it's just copy and paste. It makes it much easier to, to do step one, right? Mm-hmm. Put yourself out there. Maybe do some outreach, do some cold DMs to people. Dude, that's terrifying <laughs> the first start, man. I was so terrified of it. But then I yeah. I realized that it was reliable for me. Like I can book mm. a few calls a day just from cold DMs. And I'm like, but when I started, I didn't know yeah. that. And I'm like, I'm spamming these people. They're going to hate me. They're going to, they're going to block me at my account and my account's going to get banned. And, you know, I'm like Mm. making up this crazy story. And then I did it for like, you know, two or three months and I started getting clients. I'm like, Hmm. Oh, I'm confident now. Right. You said it's like, it is the result too. It's the result. It's the, the, the problem is like people get so emotionally attached to outcomes, right? Instead of falling in love with the process, like actually just doing the thing regardless of what the outcome is going to be. Yeah. Because if you're documenting, you're tracking things and you're actually in it to improve every day or every time, then you're going to improve every time. Yeah. Or, you know, every few reps, you're going to make some like micro improvements and maybe you DM 10 people a day and one responds and then you change the way you send send a DM. Then you change the question you ask, you change the thing and then you get two people to respond and you keep doing that and eventually you get like three. Yeah. And that's probably good enough. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Totally. man. But it does take trial and error. And I think it's crazy (coughs) in business coaching or any of this stuff to expect to get it right the first time. (laughs) Like if you're, if you're a weightlifting coach, you expect someone to pick up a, a barbell and snatch perfectly the first session. Yeah. No, that's just. Dude, I don't know about you, but I got to a point (laughs) where I can coach someone on a snatch and day one get them confident to pick up a barbell. Not good, but confident. Confident. Yeah, they can pick up. Like, not afraid of the barbell anymore. Totally. Yeah. But it's like. But it took me like 10,000 hours of coaching to do that. Yeah. 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 And still, though, they're still going to be like, they may not feel like you could be like, oh, that looks good. And they Mm -hmm. may feel confident, which is like, good, awesome. But they're still going to need refinement from it. Like totally. you can't do one session of anything and be a master. Like I can't pick up a guitar and be like, yeah. I just learned how to play <laughs> like Led Zeppelin day one. And you're like, no, yeah. it builds off each other. And the same thing happens for any skill acquisition you have. And we think business isn't around skill, but there's some people who are very gifted at selling. There are some people who are very gifted yeah. at marketing and that's like a skill set that they have intuitively and don't even realize do you know what i mean and like yeah it's gifted to them from usually from their upbringing yeah because maybe they were around selling all the time like if you grow up around and your parents are in business you're just going to pick up the language and the mannerisms and the way of speaking and engaging with people and of course you're going to be good at it just like anything else if you grow up around musicians, you're probably going to learn how to play music. Yeah, probably. So I don't think it's really an innate thing. It's an absorbed thing. I see it in my son now. Like he's He has certain reactions to things and ways of behaving that definitely come from me or my wife or my in-laws because he spends a lot of time with them. And 
it's cool now because I have the opportunity to sort of manipulate that. And in the first couple of years of someone's life, that's when they really solidify a lot of this stuff. And I'm actually thinking about it like, well, what are what would be like the best behavioral patterns and characteristic traits for a for a kid to grow up around? And that's mm. like the that's the life we want to cultivate for him. Part of why we want to move out of New York City and get a farm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Man. That's fascinating because my I mean, my girlfriend, and I have been thinking about that more and more because like what a what about how do our both of our roles change? Like, you know, I don't necessarily want to have two entrepreneurs who are working around the clock and having yeah. a child in that because then what do they learn about work? What do they learn about, like, family? You know what I mean? So we've we've been brainstorming ideas and, um, yeah, continuing to look at that. And, like, we both acknowledge that the traditional, like, roles of the family, like, is, is, is where we want to go. It's like she wants to be the CEO mm. of the household. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's a CEO position. I don't care what you think. Like like to be the CEO of a household <laughs> yeah. where there's like kids running around, like that's a full-time position. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And for her to take that role on, then she's going to have to change her current relationship she's got with entrepreneurship, which is changing an identity, which is mm. like challenging. But if you think about, well, what's the, what do you really want? in like your family and your, and your, your offspring and with them to learn, like you have to change your environment and who you are and the identities you have to, inst- mm-hmm. to, to, to give that environment, to create that environment to where they feel safe to, yeah, to do those things. But I you love know, how you say that's a CEO role. That's so cool. And just like when you're building a business, it, you decide on your values, your vision, your mission and things like that. And the same thing would go for a household. Like what are the values? What are the things we want to cultivate as a cult in the unit? Yeah. As a culture, like we're, we're uh, operating as a business. There's There's money coming in. There's There's money money coming in. There's money going out. Like I run, um, you know, I do finances for my business and also for the family and, track them the same me too i use cookbooks exactly for both of them. exactly the same i do them the same i do the same day every every uh i do every sunday okay. both of them yeah what um how far away from that are you what's that family yeah um we've we've chatted and we'll see but i mean it's, it's, it's we can plan as much as we can plan yeah right now both of us like i'm in a phase where i'm just building mm-hmm. I, I just launched the uh, my current offer in november of last year so I'm now on the stage where I'm starting to hire part-time employees, mm-hmm. you know, contractors. So that's going to probably take another year or two before it's like, I don't know, it's not automated, but it's like predictable, reliable. Yeah. And there's like, it's, it works around the clock without me right now. It is the mat show, you know what I mean? And it's like, and that's just a stage. It's the, it's, it's the first stage of business. Mm-hmm. So that's going to probably be the rest of 2023 into 2024. I should start to, I might launch another offer, so it just depends. But yeah. 2023, 2024, I'd say we're going to stick around here, continuing to do what we're doing. She's going to get clear on her roles, too, and what she wants in entrepreneurship and just, like, mm-hmm. life. 2025, we plan to travel. We did, mm-hmm. a, we did a session with Benjoy. So all this is coming from a session with Benjoy. Oh, sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah, looks like that over there. So Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's like a 10-year vision. But, um, yeah, in, right. like, 2025, we plan to do some traveling. 
not sure where yet, but just um, either nomadically or overseas, which would be awesome. Just got to find something to do with the pups. Mm. And then 2026 would be more family, mm. like family time. So that gives us, that gives us three years or so to like I get like our business and um, yes, find your house in order. Yeah. yeah. So business in order and like house in order. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. But you know, there's also like the living as like, getting to experience life as it is right now too, because you, you talked about like identities changing when the moment you become a parent, the identity changes. Oh my gosh. I can imagine. And man, I saw this in my wife. So it, it just happened. I say it happened naturally and she makes it look easy, <laughs> but I know it's not. And she'd argue with me. She's like, this isn't easy. It's hard, but you know, they, they have such an innate, like, um, ability just like any other animal to take on this role of mother. And so do, so do we as, as like protector fathers and and providers and protectors of the household. Like we, we naturally will assume, uh, roles in our family unit, in our business, we can call it. Yeah. And the identity does change. And so do the priorities, man. Like before having a kid, before even thinking I wanted a kid, my priority was work, 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 business, business, business. Yeah. And also travel and things like that. And, and honestly, now I'm so happy with where I'm at right now from a business perspective, because it's at a very, um, it's it's even keeled. It's consistent enough, and I get to spend most of my time with my son. Yeah, you know. I'm, see, I'm excited for that because I know that that's going to change. Because yeah. right now I wake up, I'm excited for that. But I know the moment I have a kid, I'm like, yeah, let's go play <laughs> outside. You know, like right? be like no sales calls at all today. You know, like <laughs> yeah. And, and I love, but to, to what you're talking about and like your vision and your plan right now, like I, I actually wish I did that. Well, I, I sort of did. I yeah. had a business before this ended up leaving that business, but, and, and then basically started over, which is okay. Um, but to be doing that now, like getting things set up and getting things sort of systemized and automated yeah. to a point where it can operate. Like we talked about the other day on the phone, it can operate while I'm, traveling it can operate without me and still have some growth like that that becomes way more challenging when there's uh, a kid around or there's a there's other people involved that you're responsible for and not not to like make an excuse that like it's so hard it's just like i i legitimately care way more about spending time with him with my son and and especially in these early years man it's so crucial to yeah like valuable to me it's gonna fly by too man right it, dude it is like you met him a year ago mm-hmm. and he's this little thing and now he's running around and talking and oh my god it's it it changed things change quickly things, yeah things happen so fast yeah thanks for that like uh, confirmation too because i, I feel yeah. super solid on like what i'm working on now and and at times like we'll even talk like claire and i will talk about know how present I am I'm like I'm so focused mm. on building this thing right now that it can detract a, a little bit away from 
uh, yeah, like our time. And I know I'm like, this is not forever. Like, I promise you, like, I don't want this. And if this is in a year from now, get check in with me and tell me mm-hmm. and I will stop what I'm doing because that's not the goal. Yeah. But knowing that, Hey, this is the focus and I'm going to be really dedicated to building this so that in a year from now, you know, let's say my hours are half of what they're doing and my profits the same, if not double, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like, like that's, I, I'd rather receive the same amount of money that I'm receiving today from my business yeah. and do a quarter or half of the work so that I do have time mm-hmm. to spend with family, to travel. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm like, if I travel, I'm like, damn, I can't build my thing that I'm working on building so I can get that time back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, I think when I look at a schedule, like, like my Google Calendar, it's like my job as CEO is to create more space on that calendar. And it's like, how can I build stuff right now that's going to create more space for me on this calendar in three months from now? six months from now, mm. 12, like what happens? You know what I mean? If I keep adding shit to my calendar or like saying yes to things that don't support me long-term, yeah, I'm just going to be working forever. Yeah. And I imagine you also have, you know, there's, there's this like underlying, um, maybe it's a, like a need or a, desire that entrepreneurs have to keep chasing more yeah more money right or more clients or more impact even whatever it might be but it's always more 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 and I, i definitely used to think this way early on in business like okay we we did this much a month now now we need to get to this much now we need to get this now we need this many members in the gym now we need this many pt clients right coming in and it was always just more. There was never like a yeah. solid number where, where it was like, okay, this is perfect. This is enough. Because I always just thought I needed more money. It came from growing up and not having enough. Yeah. Right? And I imagine at this point now you're, you're like, okay, this is like the sweet spot, the magic number. Or there's a range that you'd like to get to where you know this is like, totally sustainable and you like the lifestyle and it, the, the your ability to have free time and also work when you want to. Yeah. Do you have something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, profit from the business needs to be around like a quarter of a million is like what the, is what my, my number is. Annual profit. Yeah. So yeah. that'd be like paying myself 250 K yeah. annually. So for me to do that, if I have, like an online business, if I kept it super low overhead, you know, I could have 50% profit margins and do it at 500K, Yeah, which is like very doable, but it's still, but I, I, but that's like the 50% profit margin, totally doable. It typically is more like group courses, stuff like that. But mm. for me, I'll probably have something that's a little bit more higher touch. So knowing that my profit margins will probably be around like 25 to 35%. So Knowing that, I, my business needs to be at least at seven figures annually mm-hmm. to sustain that level of profit, right? So it's like, well, that's my first goal. Let's get to this to be seven figures. Let's see how I feel and check in with things there. Yeah. But I did reverse engineer it of like, I know if I make $250,000 a year and I have the same lifestyle that I currently have uh, in, I forgot the amount of time, but it within like, before I retire, that would that amount saved and like let's put I put like um 20% let's just imagine 20% of that goes into some sort of investment if I if I save myself a profit of 250k put 20% of that aside 
to an investment. By the time I retire, I'll be making 250K a year from my investment from portfolio. Investment portfolio. So yeah. that's like a minimum, mm-hmm. right? But that's my first goal. Let's get there, right? Yeah. And yeah, like, for the, yeah, so getting a seven figures will allow me to have that profit margin. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just assess and be like, what do I want to do now? Like, do I want to keep growing and just like not be part of this? Or do I want to create something else that's got more impact? Right now it is the road to seven figures so that I can achieve that as my like check mark of cool. I'm good if I, as long as I do put 20% of this aside, (laughs) you know? Yeah. As long as you have the discipline to like not spend it or not splurge or keep on track, stay focused on the plan. Yeah. Have you, man, have you, always been focused on the long game or is there a time where you were very like short term and um sporadic with your spending or even with your with your work like you thought you just thought very short term was there a time when you did that like i mean i guess with with projects like with sometimes with projects yes because like if i if i'm gonna like i used to run paid ads for people or i used to run campaigns Mm. and it was like cool like i know i'm getting paid a percentage of like the ticket or or i'm getting a percentage of gross or profit Mm -hmm. then i short think short term like what can i do to like squeeze out profits you know what i mean but um but it never really impacted still the the longer term goal and and that's ultimately the longer term goal too is why i invest a lot into coaching and mentorship is that um i i realized cool if i'm if I'm like paying myself like 10 grand a month, like after from the business, cause I think everyone's like, Oh man, you're making a million dollars. Like my business making a million dollars. It means I'm making like 200 to 300. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe more, but like, it just depends. But people always think they don't see that. They're like, Oh, your business, you're making a million dollars. Like but that's not real profit. Right. So to get to the real profit, the business has to be doing a lot more. It needs to be doing hundred K a month so mm-hmm. that I can take 20 K a month home, you yeah. know? So I don't really, I've always looked at the, the number of my bank account and being like, okay, I don't really care. Like I've got enough, I have, I have enough savings for the next, I could probably live off my account for the next like year or two. Right. But like, I'm not actively trying to grow my personal bank account right now because I know that if I can get to that seven figure mark in my business, then my income will be much higher. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be hitting my account. So I don't care about saving today. I care yeah. about investing in my business so that I can make more in the future. So I don't know. I've always, yeah, I've never really been short-sighted, I guess. Where did you learn that from? Was it from your parents growing up? Did you have that, like this disciplined mindset growing up as a kid too? No, not necessarily. No, I no, no, I don't, not that I know of. I, I don't know. I just always like numbers. Okay. I always like numbers. <laughs> and if I can see, if I can just like, whenever I, if I do feel overwhelmed at all, like with business and stuff, I'll just, pull up an Excel file and like that puts, that's like my journaling. Like, really? yeah, yeah. So when you journal, oh, I open up an Excel file and I start plugging numbers away and been like, okay, cool. Got it. And then I'll, I'll stop. Or like, or like making a spreadsheet. Like it's, it's crazy, but that's like, to me, <laughs> helps me like, that's my form of journaling. It's like, you oh know, my God, I have, I, <laughs> that, that hearing that makes me cringe a little bit. <laughs> and oh man, I've worked with, I've worked with people before who are like, I don't want, I just want to hire someone to do this. I don't want to look at it. It yeah. is over. It's overwhelming. And I imagine going back to fear, like we talked about before, it's just because you have, if you're overwhelmed by looking at numbers, it's because they're, you're just not, you don't understand it. Like you haven't actually put in the reps, like even tracking KPIs, like 
pick three to five KPIs to track every week. You don't have to do every single minute detail of the business. Just pick three to five of the biggest movers, right? And let's track that. And people get overwhelmed by just looking at this stuff, looking at spreadsheets. But oftentimes it's just, it's just like you're, you're, if you're tracking your numbers for like nutrition, it's the same thing. It's just like it creates yeah. awareness and it's not right. like it has to be, I mean, for business, I think it is kind of more of a longer term play, but you could have someone help you with that in the future, but it just brings awareness of what actions or inputs am I, am I doing in my business? Like, am I like some of the KPIs that I have people track is just how many social media posts you make last week. You know, mm-hmm. if you're starting out, like that's just accountability. So yeah. kind of look over the past, like, you know, it's 12 months. What months were what, what did good? What did I do those months without having to look through a bunch of Google Docs and like emails to figure out what did I do? Like, yeah, you've got some basic numbers that kind of like tell a brief story, right? Of like, yeah, oh, I posted twice a day. Oh, interesting. Cool. Do I want to do that? Hmm, maybe. Let's let's look at let's look at the next month. You know? Yeah. Just so you have an idea of what you're doing, and also so you can see like I'm actually doing something and trying. In, in to to do to get some results here, yeah, and not just shooting uh, at randomly or trying something and then not doing it again, because consistency is what's going to get anything done or get some sort of result. Yeah, I'm. I want to switch gears a little bit, Matt. Um, this is something I've been noticing and asking a lot of my guests about lately. Is you know, oftentimes the the work we get into, the um, the habits for sure, but the the work or the interests that we have. Like you're obviously very passionate about what you do and about business. Like you obsess over marketing content and books, and that's cool. I notice a lot of times this comes from filling some sort of need or filling space of something we didn't have growing up. Like for, for me, like I got into fitness because growing up, I didn't have any role model of like exercise or health. Like it just wasn't a thing. I was unhealthy growing up. And so when I finally found fitness, I was like, this, this is great. It changed my, it helped me change my identity and become a person that I wanted to be. And then same thing with business. So what was, what was that for you? If, if anything, like what was something missing that you were able to fill or like that getting into business for yourself, um, helped you to, um, to create for yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, fitness for sure was confidence, right? I felt confident in who I was. Yeah. It was like, yeah, this is my identity. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, as I went through personal development, that kind of shut away real quick. And I'm like, damn. And then it became harder for me to work out because like I Hmm. was so, I was working out for this identity and then when I changed the identity of like, Oh no, that's just a part of me. I noticed there was like a resistance to keep to doing it at the level I was doing it at Hmm. intensity and frequency. And then for business, as you were sharing that, like what came up for me was um, independence. Right. So it was like wanting to be able to do it. Everything. Like, like when I was growing up, I'm a family. I have, three little brothers. I had four. I had one stepbrother at one point too. So there's like five boys running around and like my mom also is just, I love my mom and she's uh, a very micromanager, right? Mm -hmm. Where she's like in charge of everybody and like it didn't, 
thinking about it now as like, yeah, I didn't have as much freedom as I wanted. And now I feel with business, I can create so much freedom and I'm not part of like a system or even just like, you know, the other boys like in, in the, in the group, like you got to do what everyone else does. Like, this is what we're doing. This is what everyone's wearing together. We're doing this for photos. We're doing this. And it's like, I feel like I'm, uh, I have this independence mm. and that's super cool to like, Hey, I'm going to lead my own ship, you know? So I think that's really what, what got me into to business was looking for that independence and creating something for mm. myself that I could lead. Yeah. Was there, was there, so growing up with like five little boys running around and, and with, you know, in, in one household, I imagine it was very chaotic and hectic. lots of competition, man. Lots of competition. Holy cow. Everything was a competition and fights would break out all the time. You yeah. know, it was like the best, <laughs> you know, and like, yeah, in a way too, like no one in my family, well, one of them's starting to kind of look down this route, but nobody is an entrepreneur. So I'm like this category of one. It's like, all right, guys, good luck. You know, <laughs> just kidding. But, you know, yeah. um, was there, was there a time, yeah. uh, like in that, you know, environment in that period of your life where you were like, man, I got to get the fuck out of here. I got to do something. Um, when I was younger, I want to get out of here. I don't know. It's a good question. Or even a time where you were like, this is cool. And I would love to, to experience something different. Yeah, def- definitely. Like more some, order. Yeah. At some point, and my mom was super, well, she was super organized and ordered, but mm-hmm. I just, I wanted to be the one who's in charge, I guess. Okay. That was the oldest. So I'm, uh, except for the stepbrother, he was a year older, mm-hmm. but like maturity level, I was always the most mature, the most like organized and like mm-hmm. on it too. Did you take on a lot of responsibility? Not necessarily with that role. Yeah, not necessarily. No. Yeah, I think I mean maybe, but not like, not consciously. Mm. Yeah. So it was something that was natural to you. The leadership role. Yeah, leadership in in your family. I guess so. I I don't know. Like I never really felt like a leader. Mm. You know what I mean? I guess that's why I was like. I guess subconsciously I could have, but I never like identified to my, myself as a leader. I had the identity of an athlete. I had the identity mm. of a uh, hard worker. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm get I'm hearing like role model. That's, that's like the, yeah, yeah. I did have that identity for sure. Like you know, in some, in some way, yeah. Like you were a role model for your big, for your little brothers. Yeah. And they, they way. would say it more than I would. Like, like oh man, you do yeah. a lot of cool things. I'm like, whatever, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> But I never really got in. You were just doing your thing. It. Yeah. I never really got in trouble. I never got, I never, mm. I've never had a, like a ticket. I've got, no, I've got a parking ticket, but I've never had like, never been pulled over. I didn't do any drugs when I was in high school. I don't think, I didn't do drugs high school or college, either one. Mm. And like, um, what else? Yeah. I was, I was pretty, I was like a good, a good kid. Like I won a bunch of awards when I graduated. Yeah. I won an award, like a scholarship. When I graduated high school, because we had a, I went to a Catholic school and there was a bunch of like you know, private donors and stuff for mm-hmm. awards, and I got an award for like having the best male personality in my class. <laughs> I was like, "Are you serious?" Yeah. They're like, yeah. What, what, what were like, the criteria? I'm curious. Um, I think they were. I think the teachers voted on it. Oh, really? The, the teachers, teachers decided, decided that. But it was like a thousand dollar scholarship to oh. school or something. It was like it was cool. So. I was like, damn, I guess I... Did that fill uh, your ego a little yeah, bit? A little bit, yeah. yeah. And then I, I won, like, two in, in high school. The same year, they give out um, rings. And there's, like, there's like four, two rings for males, two rings for females. They're, like, best best male in the class. Like, 
hmm. like honor discipline and I, I won that award too and I'm like what the fuck what am I like I didn't realize that I had those qualities and I guess but like other people did yeah and I was like wow that's that's cool like I went up and like got a ring in front of my entire class that's cool <laughs> But that set a standard to one of my other brothers won it as well mm-hmm. when he graduated. He actually won like two or three. I think he won two two of them. So like we both of us set like a high standard. Like I set one and he he like he was a better athlete, better I don't know, better student, but he's definitely a better athlete. And he like set all the athlete standards and that and like all the teachers loved them. So like but they love both of us. And then our other two brothers, like you could tell, like felt uh, a little more like frustration towards that. And being mm-hmm. like, do you know what it's like to like, I, I remember one point, one of them was like, do you know what it's like to like, to try to like live up to y'all's shoes? Like, what? You know what I mean? But I never Other realized. students said that? My brothers said that. Oh, like brother. younger brothers said yeah. that. You know what it's like to like try to live up to blank, blank shoes? No, I never thought of it that way. But we did both of us, me and my a second brother, oldest, did set really good examples. And in some ways, of course, not in every way, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine they're grateful for that too. Your your younger brothers, probably. Yeah. I think it takes some of them time, you know, like because yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in high school, you're not like appreciating or college something one. like that yeah. Yeah. until you probably realize like when you're 30, like oh man, I'm so grateful that I had an older brother who is like really pushing me in a way and maybe not on purpose, but having that as a example or a role model or like you, you went first at things you, you and your, your other brother, like you guys went first. And then I imagine being the youngest or the, like, you know, the younger two it's, it can be, you said it's a very competitive environment. And so they felt like they were like a little behind how much younger, by the way, uh, we're all two years apart, okay. so I'm, gosh, how old am I right now? I think I'm 29. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, dude, I don't even know. 29, 27, 25, 23. Yeah. So 23 and 23 year old for sure. Like he's, he's now mm-hmm. starting, like was saying, yeah. starting to be more appreci- like appreciative. Like when he was in high school and college. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like he's, and, and I didn't either. I didn't appreciate anything that my parents gave me no when way. I was in high school or college. <laughs> I was like, you guys stink. You yeah. know what I mean? And then like after I graduated, I'm like, Oh, I see what the rest of the world like went through. I didn't know. I didn't know. You know what I mean? But I, I had no idea. And oh, so man. it's cool to see like my younger siblings too. Like I'm forming a much better relationship with them now as like they enter into like adulthood, mm. whatever that is, you know. You know, I've had um I had an interesting childhood. My parents uh separated in, in when I was in high school and man, that was like the end of my world. It was wild. Everything just changed after that. And also I had it so good. Like I, they still sort of, sort of get along. Like mm-hmm. they don't hate each other as much as they used to. And, uh, it's a definitely a better environment. And I realized because I had a lot of like anger that I, that I was experiencing at that time, even just throughout high school, I was a very like angry kid and very removed and antisocial. And that was my, mo in a way um i'm realizing now in my 30s how awesome it was to get to experience all of that and now that i'm a parent 
I'm realizing that they did the best that they could with with what they had. Totally. Because that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. And, you know, at the time, growing up, I was looking, like, not appreciating anything at all. You know, I can't say that. Like, occasionally, like, yeah, we'd, we'd have some nice things, and I did get, uh, you know, we always had a nice Christmas, and we always had celebrated birthdays, and we went on vacations, and all of the wonderful family stuff, but there was something inside that was, like, angry or resentful. And I grew up holding on to that, right? And after doing personal development work, obviously, but then after having a kid, I started to feel so much compassion for my parents and for what they sacrificed and and also the effort that they put in that I just didn't appreciate as a kid. And it's so cool to be able to look back on that now and appreciate the little things that they did do that totally made me who I am today. Yeah. And then also getting to meet people who are way less fortunate. Yeah. Um, then because I made it out to be like the, I had the worst childhood ever because in my mind I did, but I just didn't know. Yeah. Like what people actually, like what other people went through and I was always comparing you get the idea. Yeah. But it's so interesting how when you become a parent to like going back to this a little bit, when you take on that role, the I remember the first the first like shift on a, from an emotional level, an emotional perspective was the compassion that I gained for my own parents. Because I realized just how like how much like love you can pour in to to a child it actually brought back like so many emotions that i didn't even remember i had yeah it's such an amazing opportunity man and oh man hearing your story about growing up with like all your brothers and around your family and your are your parents are they still together Mm-mm, they're separated. not yeah when when did that happen i think like kindergarten Kindergarten, yeah, so pretty young. Yeah, kindergarten to first grade. Yeah. Pretty, pretty young. Uh, I'm curious if it's okay to talk about it. Like, what was that like for you at that time? I, I, things I don't remember too much of it. Like, it was... It, yeah. It didn't affect me as much as it affected, I imagine, my siblings. Because, like, hmm. the first, like, zero to seven, right? It's kind of like the, they say it's a critical time. Um, right. To yeah. have the, that parent, like relationship and my dad during that time period was always like my assistant coach like the head coach of teams and stuff like that for like you know peewee football like not whatever but you know t-ball stuff like that and so you had the father figure role model all the way up to that during those developmental years but my my other siblings did not like you know i had one brother who was was still an infant you know Mm. when when that happened and he was probably he was less than a year and to to him, he never had, you know, he'll, he'll even, when he gets upset, he'll talk about it. I was like, I don't feel like I had like that, mm-hmm. that father figure where like I did up until seven. So like, uh, and I'd say I didn't not have it after that. It, it definitely changed a lot. Like it seemed, mm-hmm. I imagined or experienced, you know, that he was less involved, uh, whether he was or wasn't, you know, that that was my interpretation was that he was less. Right. But I still had him as a figure and he'd still go to all my games, all that stuff. So 
my relationship and experience of it was different than my siblings. But overall, I don't remember it being a very negative experience. It was almost like what I remember is more the more pros than cons of like, hmm. oh, we get to go to dad's house <laughs> here, mom's house here. You know, like we were yeah. so young. And um, yeah, we look forward to going to dad's. It was like fun. It was like, oh, yeah, you go to dad's this weekend. We get to stay up late and play video games and drink soda. You know what mm. I mean? Like. It was, it was, uh, but his house was more of like so the playhouse. So you really house. got to experience different lifestyles. Yeah. And, and then when I was a kid, it was the best. He had like 20, he had not 20, but he had like seven TVs in the living room. We'd have like two or three. Seven like, in the living room? One, two, <laughs> three, four, at, at least at four to seven. Yeah. And we'd have like two consoles like hooked wow. up. So someone would be playing PlayStation one, some would be playing PlayStation two next to it. Like, you know, like it was a total like playhouse. You know, there was a, there was a, yeah. a dart board, there was a pool table, like he legit where the, where the dining room table was when mm-hmm. when they separated he made it into like like a, a bachelor pad you know and like he had we had a, 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 a room that was just like um like a band like we had like all the guitars none of us had to play there's like there's like <laughs> we had guitars we had drums uh there's a piano in there like it was just like a playhouse you know and it yeah. was so fun and uh it was fun. And then, but then once we got in high school, we're like, oh, I don't want to live this way. You know, it, it kind of became negative of like, oh, we're going to dad's, you know? Um, but when we were a kid, it was like, let's just go play. Yeah. You know? So it was very positive. It wasn't like we went over and it was like the sad time. It was like, uh, from my experience, yeah. siblings different for sure. They'll say it was they very had sad. a different yeah. experience. Yeah. Especially because like some of them went over when I had, we, my brother and I were already uh, in, in college. So it was like, oh, it's kind of quiet here. Like all these things are here. It's kind of sad, you know? Mm. But it just, it just uh, for me and my experience was like, oh, let's go play fun video games. And all my friends would come over and play video games. We had a trampoline in the backyard. It was just a total kids like playhouse. You know yeah. what I mean? BB guns. We shoot BB guns at the backyard. Like it was just like fun, you know? A zip line, a zip line in the backyard. Rad. It was just, <laughs> dude, we had so much fun. So for me, it, it wasn't as negative as like mm-hmm. it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine at that time, like, being 10 or 11 years old and having your parents split up, you sort of became that father figure for your little little brothers, if they didn't really have that. Well, we had my mom um, when I was in second grade, so, like, two years later, yeah. or a year and a half, started dating, and she got remarried to him. So he was mm-hmm. definitely a father figure, like, replaced that in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certain parts of him that we liked, parts of him we didn't like, but he definitely replaced that role for, even for like me from that point growing up, like I spent mm-hmm. more time around him yeah. than I did my dad. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I went to total side note. I went to Ben Joy's parents' house back in November. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine. When, so he and I did an event together and, in Vermont in the first couple of days we uh the first two days we went up and, and went to his parents uh like vacation home up there and he's got like a, a sauna that his dad built and it's like beautifully constructed and then it's a wood fired like sauna and we're sitting in there and it's like 300 I don't know it was hot as fuck man it was like we could not stay in there very long we kept going out and it was sort of snowing out, so we like did our like cold exposure <laughs> in the crazy. snow, like That's doing so snow angels. <laughs> but he has, dude, he has a zip line in uh, in the backyard of this, and it's like a big property. But he had a zip line in the back from the top of this tree, 
all the way down, all the way down, and we're just riding this thing. Oh, man, it was like, as soon as we drove on the property, I was like, I understand you now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I, now <laughs> I understand. Fun is the point. He's like, I'm here to play, you know? Man, what a what a good time that was. And uh, I don't know, I just thought it out about that when you said that. Like you had like the play and all stuff in the background. Yeah, that's so cool that you had that ex- that opportunity and and a good experience growing up with uh, so much video games, bro. So many video games. Do you still play it all? Do you still play I video games? I think about. I will watch. I I won't play them. I'll, I'll watch them on YouTube, like other people playing. Really? I f- I love it, dude. But uh, but I know if I had it, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely like an all or none person. Like even when it comes to a book, I'm gonna pick up the book. I'm gonna finish that in a week. Yeah. You know, like, like not a week, but most of the time. Yeah, like a week. Mm-hmm. If I start a course, I'm going to go through it in like a week, Fast, two yeah. weeks. If I pick a video game up, I'm going to play the shit out of that <laughs> game. And um, every time that I've, like when I, I left for high school, stopped playing in college, which was great. In grad school, I was living by myself. I bought another one, mm. played it, and then ended up having to sell it because I was playing too much. Mm. Moved in with friends who had it. Same thing. Ended up like playing a lot. But if it's it's just, it's just like a, it's like a cookie. If a cookie's around me, I'm gonna eat it. If the video game console is around mm-hmm. me, I'm gonna play it. So, um, I've probably bought and sold a Xbox at least three or four times <laughs> in my life. Like seriously, it'll get to the point yeah. where I'm like, all right, I've had enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. It's like yeah. if someone goes on a diet, like I uh, to me, I'm like just go through all the shit you have in your in your cupboard away. Yeah. The same thing I've heard for me. All right, want to make a big change? I'm getting rid of it. So you you, rip, I mean? you just rip the bandaid Fucking off. Fucking rip, and then totally. I'm like, man. Look, there's so much to do because I would be playing <laughs> video games for like, I don't like in between calls, it'd be like 30 minutes, one game. Oh my and God. And then my heart rate would be like on the call. I'm like, hey, um, <laughs> one second, you know, like I almost got to come down you know? from this really yeah. quick. But it affected my sleep because oh I'd play, you know, at the end of the day, I'd be five. I might play for an hour or two, but like I would be wired because I'd be like playing yeah. like, you know, Last Man Standing on like Fortnite or Warzone and Call of Duty. And it was like, clock countdown timer and there's like you know you're being hunted mm-hmm. and dude it felt like you were being hunted in real life like my heart rate and my mm-hmm. hands were sweaty like it was you know it, it was not supportive for me but um i did play at an airport in la they have they have like a gaming center in wow in the airport yeah and you can buy like xbox live oh, i saw like that in hour. the dallas airport too they have that yeah. i fucking crushed it <laughs> the second game i got like a chopper gunner i got like almost 80 kills and the next person was like 30 or 40 kills like i fucking crushed it so like i'm like just waiting for i the still air, got this waiting bro. for your plane <laughs> yeah i still got this but yeah yeah right. the frame. but um i don't play now like i, I legit probably yeah. talk about it every other week i'm like claire i want to go buy one she's like i don't support that you know what i mean like uh, maybe i'll just i'll be like i'm working really hard i'll like set up my computers I want to get like the Nintendo Switch and just oh, play yeah. like Mario Kart or something. That's that's more chill. Yeah, yeah. I like I like, like the fast paced like you know mm-hmm. sniper. Uh, you know, I like I like uh, yeah, quick scopes, no scopes. Like I just like I just was like cool trick shots. I got a YouTube video of me playing video games <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah, everyone listening, go check that go check out. Check it out. Yeah, and yeah. and also check out his other YouTube <laughs> channel. There's some good stuff on there too. I should link that one. Is there anything else that you participate in like you're i know you're very much focused on the trajectory of your business and you're an all or nothing type of person yeah. but is there something else that, that you you have as like a hobby or something that you find um helps you stay um grounded um yeah i mean i love i love coffee i love <laughs> like getting new co- like coffee i like i like wine mm. um 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then hiking, traveling, stuff like that. I really like yeah. to do. But on, uh, but not, not, I mean, in sauna, cold plunge, like stuff like that that I can like tap in and feel my body. Like okay. if I'm on a hard hike, I feel it hard. Like mm-hmm. it's hard. So things because business is so um, like heady and intellectual. Like you're in in your head. Yeah. I like doing things that are in my body. Gotcha. Even like wine, like I feel really mm-hmm. good. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. I like doing things that can put me back in my body, which is, um, yeah, hiking, sauna, ice. Mm-hmm long walks yeah you still lift i remember you talking recently you, you were like on a weightlifting yeah. team uh i i man it was it was too tough it was too tough it's like too tough it was too tough time wise right because okay. the and i love it i i really wanted to keep going and um i just was really i wasn't able to get because it's it, a weightlifting session is like two hours right it's like yeah. you go in you warm up for like 30 minutes you do snatches, 30 minutes. I'm already an hour in, and I've only done yeah. one movement. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, all right, now I do clean and jerk snatch. And I would and start to hit s- back and, squats. And, and I'd, skip, I'd start skipping some of the squats and pulls because I didn't have time. And then, like, where I, have a, I do have a barbell and stuff in the, in the garage, but the floor is mm-hmm. sloped, uh-huh. and I don't have a platform. And I was like, either I need to make a platform because I was, I was spending 30 minutes of driving to get it was, it was 15 oh, there man. and 15 back. So that's two and a half hours. And I'm yeah. in the building phase, still the business. And I'm like, I need a short, like 30 to 45 minute workout right. that I leave feeling good. And that wasn't doing it for me at the time. Mm-hmm. So I imagine I'll get, I'll still do it occasionally when I have the space. But right now it's like, I was just trying to fit it in and I would only get to the gym mm-hmm. once or twice a week. And then I'd be frustrated that I've only worked out like once or twice a week. Right. Versus like now I go at least three times a week, if not four and I move, you know, it might be four exercises or five and I feel good. Mm-hmm. So at this stage, yeah. this is what my body is enjoying more of. And I'm doing more like rehab, prehab type stuff, which mm-hmm. feels really good. Like low back, we talked about this chair and all that stuff. Yeah. Doing a lot more and working with a um, rehab based Cairo. So they just do a lot of like, it's really similar to PT, like a lot of loaded yeah. stuff loaded windmills, a lot of loaded rotation and it feels mm-hmm. really good. So good. So, yeah. um, yeah. So I'm just going to keep, keep doing that, man. Right. Hmm. Have you been to the wineries in, uh, Fredericksburg outside Austin? Yet? Yeah. You have. Sure, yeah. yeah. That's where we were at on mother's day on oh, Sunday. Man. My wife and I like, Oh man, every, everywhere we travel, it's, we try to pick a place that has, wineries like sonoma and napa so fun, amazing yeah. love it there yeah it's something something i love about doing that man is the the people that you get to talk to yeah uh, sometimes you get to talk like directly to the winemakers and they have so many stories oh yeah so many stories and you learn so much about the, the like the geography of the of the like an area that it's you're in and the weather and and they know a lot. They know a lot of things and they know everyone too. They know yeah. everyone in the community and it's just so much fun. I love doing that and I love visiting like gym, like CrossFit gyms because you're just tapping into the community of the the area. The area that you're in and you really get to immerse yourself. That's it's a good it's point. So cool. It's so much fun. And uh I'm like th- that's what like really drove me to start a I started a travel company two years ago. Mm. I started like a, an adventure travel company. And the whole pitch is you can travel and 
like a local. Oh, that's cool. like you get that's to cool. go places as if you live and, and like I as if that. you live there. Yeah. So like getting to uh, stay in like, you know, community, uh, like small communities and hang out with locals and experience it from the perspective of that. I think it's really cool. It's working well. It's going man. Well. It's going to be, it's fun. One more question. Let's do it. One way to finish this up. I got to, it's yeah. time for more coffee. <laughs> and uh, I got another call soon. I'm excited for that. Nice, man. I imagine I know the answer to this already, but maybe we can get some more detail. What is something that you are currently working on that you're very excited about? It's building, building my, my business for yeah. sure. Um, is there anything like yes, specific within definitely. the business that you're focused on right now? Yeah, this week has been hiring people. So yeah. like, man, most of my time, because when you first like six to <laughs> six to 12 months of business, you're doing primarily all the lead gen, all the marketing, all the sales and all the fulfillment. Yeah. So it's kind of the you show. Mm-hmm. So three months, two or three months ago, I hired my first like person to help me with lead generation. That's going well. And then this month I'm hiring someone to help with fulfillment and coaching, Mm -hmm. doing more of like the weekly check-ins and some of that stuff that'll take some of that, like, um, she'll actually help me create systems for it too. Like, cause Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do all that, but I'm just, I'm busy. Right. So it's like, it's nice to have someone else who's systems focused, who's going to help with the, the streamline of fulfillment. So that, and then also bringing on a sales rep because man, there's some days I have like four to five sales calls or like, you know, connection calls in a day and dude i can't work after five calls <laughs> like i just like I, it's not i can't work but it's like my yeah. creativity and energy is like very low right um calls definitely like drain even if it's a connection or about a networking thing like i get tired after calls or podcasts so yeah, it's of like course. being able to i'm really excited now to be able to have someone who's going to take over onboarding calls have someone who's going to take over sales calls so that my calendar opens back up again because yeah. what fills me up is marketing. I love to market. I love to run paid ads. I love to build <laughs> systems. So if I can build cool funnels and like campaigns and have all that stuff going, like that mm-hmm. fills me up. But sales, it's not to say it doesn't fill me up, but um, honestly, it's like it's it's it, the the part of sales that can be takes energy is like I have a, a big pipeline, right? So there's like leads who I've like who mm. I've extended offers to two months ago. Well, they'd be followed up with. I don't have time to do that because I'm on a call. So it's like yeah. there's lots of things that can be done that would optimize the business. Yeah. But as the, you know, the owner operated, you can't do all the things. Right. So being able to bring people on and being like, in an ideal world, this is what I do. So now can you do that for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So I'm really excited to be building a team to freeing up my time so that I can focus more on marketing and doing stuff like this, like doing collaborations, like talking to more people, being more of the face of the brand versus like Mm -hmm. the operator, the sales rep, the marketer, (laughs) the admin person, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited because it's like right now it feels uh, imagining, like I imagine this is kind of a turning point of like, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been working so hard for six, eight months to get to the point where I can now pay someone to do these roles that I'm doing that and I should mm-hmm. create more time freedom um, to be able to either work on that business or go play more, you know, yeah. and I want to play more. For sure. And that's, that's why we do this. That's why we get into it. Yeah. But I think also people don't realize that people like, that's what we, 
you know, what people are sold when they get into business coaching right. and consulting, but it does take six to 12 months, at least of you doing that, like putting your head down and doing all the stuff until you have mm-hmm. the capital and also like the lead flow to make that change. So like, you know, after, yeah, eight, eight or so months, I'm now getting there. And I'm like, Oh, this is so nice. I can't wait to see mm-hmm. where this is going. Cause it's, it's a different game. Every time the, the game changes as you make hires, like, yeah. So I'm just excited for the next stage. Awesome, man. Congratulations on Thank everything you. you've done, man. It's been so cool to watch and, and, and get to be a part of too. And, uh, the way I love to end these episodes now is with some, some appreciation. And so I want to, uh, yeah, I mean, I want to share with the audience and with you that what I've noticed in the last year and a half or so of knowing you and, and seeing you dive into doing this on your own, like really getting into business, like, you know, one of the like best characteristics of a coach and a business owner is practicing what you preach. Oh yeah. And in, especially in this business where you're teaching people stuff, like you want to be able to demonstrate the results for yourself. And you are such a shiny example of that in going from, and I remember we've talked about this, like in one of the, maybe the first podcast Mm -hmm. we did, like you were just starting to create content yeah, and it was weird for you and you were uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right. And there was some fear I imagine, but you did it anyway. And now it's like a regular part of your business and you're, you know, you're getting better at it. You're, you're good at it and getting the results that come with consistency and some intensity to like actually putting yourself out there. And I just want to recognize that, man. There's a little bug crawling around there. All the way over there. Oh really? Yeah. What is that? Is that lunch for the dogs? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate the time, of course, and uh, inviting me into your home. And so excited for people to hear this. Where where would you like them to go find you? Just as a reminder. Yeah, you can go to Instagram, doctor at Dr. Matt Shiver. Mm-hmm. And the same I mean my website's MattShiver.com. Um, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube at Dr. Matt Shiver. Mm-hmm. Most things are at Dr. Matt Shiver. Yeah. If you if you look at that, you'll find him on TikTok. Mm-hmm. All all the platforms. All LinkedIn, same thing. It's at Dr. Matt Shiver. So I try to keep it simple so you remember yeah are yeah. you gonna keep the doctor forever yeah yeah i'll keep it for sure i may like because it, it's like i'll always be a doctor but do i choose to renew my license mm. but I, I have this past year i plan to keep doing oh, it did. yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean who knows when i'll need it again or I if think, i want to use it again. i think it adds some credibility too oh it does for too. sure <laughs> i've had people book calls like i just saw doctor and automatically i gained trust i was like oh cool so it's like yeah. you know um when yeah it's like so i'll keep it awesome man thank you thank you